0: how to turn your sales advert into a PR story a journalist would use, how the word embargo in a press release could help you, and why I banned a PR firm as an editor, and how to avoid that happening to you. That and a lot more packed into this first full episode of the Public Relations Podcast. You can find us at thepublicrelationspodcast.com and on Twitter at thatprpodcast. Well, welcome to this first proper episode of the Public Relations Podcast. I had that introductory one before. If you haven't heard that before, worth having a listen. Whether you're heading the PR department in a large firm, you've just been told to do PR for your firm and you're not quite sure what to do, whether you're creating a personal brand or running a campaign as a one man band, I think you're going to find a lot of useful stuff in today's episode and if you subscribe over the course of time as well. As always, this podcast is going to be coffee break size, so whether you're on the train or in the car or picking up a coffee, put your pen down and just soak up the lessons as we go along. If you miss something, we'll be coming back to it soon in future episodes. And As I say, I'm going to be repeating the lessons over and over again from different approaches with different angles and different aspects. Now, when you start to think about PR, whether it's online or traditional media, the first thing you need to do is to think about what the stories you want to put across. For many people, the reason to do PR, particularly from a business point of view, will be because you've got something you want to sell. But as I've discussed before, an advert a story does not make. If you want to get free marketing for your products, which you certainly can get if you do it right, don't send them an advert with the words press release at the top. To be blunt, they've seen it all before, many times, and they're not stupid. If you're trying to sell your campaign message or brand, then the same rules apply. So how do you do this? Well, let me explain, because I think this is one of the things which can make PR really fun, as I bet there's lots of stories a journalist would use surrounding what you personally do. All we need is, frankly, a little bit of imagination and to ask a lot of questions to ourselves. The first step is to think about what it is you actually want to get across. Instead of picking up a pen, just have a think about this for a second in your head. What are the issues your business or your campaign or if it's about personal branding that you really want to get across now? What actually is that? Just have a think for a second. Okay, perhaps you're heading for a product launch. I don't know. Sadly, I can't be in the room with you right now. So what is it for you? Is it something new about the brand you want to portray? Are you trying to reach younger people, older people, or show how established you are? If it's for personal branding, then are you trying to demonstrate an aspect of your expertise in your field? Whatever it is, just come up with that idea in your head right now. What is it you want to get across? A word if you're thinking, I just need PR... And that's why you're here. You just need to do some PR. I would caution on this because if you don't have a clear message, you won't have a clear story to deliver. And people hearing you will simply make up their own minds about what your message actually was. And journalists will simply be confused. They won't know what you're talking about. So it's really important to have a clear message. It might not work. It might work. But if you don't have any message, it definitely won't work now what part of this aspect are you trying to put across would you say which bit is the most interesting to others as i say i'm going to keep giving you exercises over the coming episodes on this too so for now just try and work out with me here what is that specific thing you would like to get across let's rule out specific aspects like price and special offers if you're selling something pr is much more powerful than that what do you want people to feel when they hear about this excitement a wish to buy a wish to join your campaign why would they be interested in doing this be brutal with yourself as well if you think something else about this would be more interesting pick that if you were coming at it for the first time what would make you go oh that's interesting about this if it's about a product could it be about the development of the product who was involved how it happened why it happened it could be why you developed that product what was the market need? What prompted its creation? Was there a story behind how it was first inspired? What's the potential of what you're doing? The result of it? How will what you're doing change people's lives or could change people's lives? Would it help disadvantaged people or could it? Which sector of people would it help? Why do they need it? One of the best ways to find your story is to just ask yourself those sorts of questions. Like a friend would do to you down the pub or over coffee. Indeed, this is exactly what I do when I work with people. I ask them lots of questions to try and tease out what the story actually is. Often it'll just magically appear when we sort of beat around the bush for a bit. And finally we'll ask a question that we go, Aha, that's the thing that would most interest people. Try to think of at least two different things about this message that you're trying to put across right now that would make you genuinely go, wow, if you heard them. Okay, now I want you to do, let's call it homework, shall we? Something that you could do tonight or the next time you get an opportunity to. I want you to run these two aspects by a friend who doesn't work for your company or your campaign. Ideally, someone who's similar to the people you're trying to reach, but not someone who knows what the story is about already. Someone who doesn't know the development that you're trying to put across. The problem is, at first, most people who start to do PR think that what interests their company interests others. It's understandable, as these are the people you're surrounded by. But before you place too much confidence in what could be a skewed point of view, ask your customers or even your friends what they find interesting about this story. So tonight, or as soon as you can, tell your friend just the bit that you think is most interesting and see how they react. If they don't like it, Tell them more and ask them what they think was the most interesting bit. Great. Now, what I hope is after you've spoken to this friend and hopefully a couple of friends, you might have a couple of different things that make people go, wow. So what I hope you'll have now is a couple of hooks. Notice that it's not about saying your core message first. It's about grabbing people's attention, which then leads to naturally wanting to know what the backstory is behind it. That's where you deliver the message that you wanted to get across. Grab their interest first and only then deliver your message. If you've done it right, it will be almost impossible to talk about the hook without ultimately making them want to know about the backstory too. You're going to need a good hook if you want to get press. And that's why asking people what genuinely interests them will be the similar to what journalists want to. You'll also need to relate your hook to the outlet that you're targeting. More on that coming up in a future episode. If you're doing this for a blog or social media, then if you came up with more than one interesting hook, then you've also now just given yourself a couple of different blog posts or social media updates that you know are going to interest people because you've tested them out. And that's going to help to deliver your brand message or your campaign in different ways with different hooks, all ultimately leading back to the same message. The fact is, every off-road campaign has a story in there, which goes way beyond an advert, and it really is just a case of asking different questions about what you're doing until you find those hooks. I personally find this to be a really fun process. So if you would like to come on the podcast... I'm going to start trying to work with some of our listeners on this to help them with their own specific businesses and their own specific projects. So sign up to the Extras page on thepublicrelationspodcast.com and I will be inviting people to do that very soon. So to sum up, ask your friend or your partner if they know nothing about the story, of course... Ask them tonight or as soon as you can about which bits or bit they find most interesting and find your hooks. Make a list of those. Keep listening and we'll cover what to do with your hook in the next few episodes. Coming up in a moment, why I banned a PR firm as an editor and how to avoid that happening to you. But first, time for a listener question. And thank you so much for all your comments so far um the way to get in touch with me you can do it through the twitter account at that pr podcast but if you sign up on the extras page of the website to get the email on there i'm going to try and give priority to those people because they're supporting us make this podcast so i'm going to put the priority there but certainly you can join me on twitter too the question this week then comes from andrew and he asks this what exactly does embargo mean on a press release well andrew This is a great question and one that is very useful to know for everyone. At the top of a press release, you should write the date, a headline, and either the words for immediate release or the words embargoed until and then the earliest date you're happy for a reporter to report on that story. So if you put the word embargo on, what it does is it provides a way of giving information to a journalist in advance so that they can write something up without panicking to get it out and so that it's ready to go out on the day your story is officially released. It gives them a bit of breathing space. Now, it's not a binding agreement, though. So if you have something really juicy and you don't have a good relationship with the outlet you're approaching, then there's nothing forcing them to honour that embargo. And if they're not worried about their relationship with you, they may simply ignore it. Also, it happens, journalists do just make a mistake and don't see the embargo words sometimes. So use it when you need to, But don't go revealing anything too juicy and make it really clear in your press release in capital letters the word embargo. It's that simple. Embargo means please don't release this story until the date specified. By the way, we're starting to compile a list of people to provide a, a list of expert guests made up of our listeners that the media will be able to approach. And if you'd like to be added to that list when it gets underway, just go to the extras part of the website as usual, sign up there, and I will send you more details as soon as I've got it. Now, I wanted to finish today on a bit of a warning about how a PR attempt can go badly wrong. Why it did and how to avoid it. This was prompted by a comment I saw in a conversation on LinkedIn not long ago. It was some comments about the need to hijack an interview sometimes if you want to get your message across. Well, there wasn't a lot to this discussion, but it reminded me of a situation I had a few years ago. And if you ever think of hijacking an interview for a quick PR hit, I hope this provides some food for thought. Quite a few years ago, as I say, I was presenting a programme on the radio. I was lined up to talk to a sports star about something they were doing. And I'm going to be vague here on purpose, but the PR firm who put them forward said that the guests would mention a health scheme they were involved in, but would be happy to talk about what was going on in the sport. It was quite a short interview. I had a few questions to get through, so I started the interview quite looking forward to it, but watching the time, obviously. After the first short answer from the start, someone else chipped in. I had no idea who it was but it was someone from the firm who was sponsoring the team. I hadn't been made aware of the other person. This person then proceeded to try and take over the interview and talk about the company they represented. The star seemed to just disappear into the background. Now, the PR firm knew I had airtime to fill, and they'd certainly told the firm to take advantage of that. But let's just say I let rip at the PR person who set that up, This wasn't the first time this firm had tried to spin stories to the inch of reality to try and get on either, often producing really poorly prepared guests and turning interviews into what they hoped would be blatant adverts, but it was the last time from my point of view. From that day, I banned them. You know, there are a lot of fantastic PR firms out there. There's a lot of companies who are delivering some great messages and stories to journalists that journalists need and want, but this wasn't one of them, and they had a lot of clients. It wasn't just that person who never got on again to what was quite a prominent outlet at the time that I was on. None of their clients did. I had plenty of better stories and approaches from elsewhere. Now, PR can be hard sometimes if you're not quite nailing your approach or you're struggling to get your story quite right. But never, ever try to con a journalist in order to get coverage. They'll bite back harder than you can. Do it right and they'll be begging you for stories and ringing you up. If you follow the podcast and keep learning as we go along, that is what I'm going to try and teach you to do, to get you on speed dial for journalists. If that all sounded blunt, I hope you still found it useful. Sorry, because as you can tell, I was quite annoyed at the time. And I just want to make sure you don't go down that sort of path if people start telling you to do that, or if you think that might be worth a try. Let me know your thoughts via the website, email, or at our Twitter account, at that PR Podcast. Uh, let me know what you think about that story, and what you would do... Or do you think i was wrong do you think i was right what do you think so here is a question for you what would you do if a journalist rang you up right now and said can i do a quick interview with you would your heart start racing would you think what is the one thing i should repeat over and over again if you've not done this before the thought of an interview can be quite intimidating first time and yet it's the doorway to accelerate your pr in a way that's hard to imagine until you've done it a few times How do you do it then? Well, I'll be revealing all in the next episode. So do subscribe to the podcast or whatever platform you are listening on. And if you found this useful, this episode, then please do leave us a five-star review. It really helps to make this worthwhile and... Make the time I'm spending on it worthwhile too. If you've got a question, then go to the website, thepublicrelationspodcast.com. And if you'd like to appear in the programme as well, do go to the extras, sign up for the email list, and I will be telling you how to do that soon. I hope you have a great week in PR. Don't forget, there's lots more coming up over the coming episodes. So I will speak to you very soon.